We're just normal men. What do you mean, normal men? We're just innocent men. <laughs> Gonna throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost... He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Howdy, guys. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. Today is Monday, January 15th, and it's... Uh, Little, little cold out there. This Don't week. forget your booties because it's cold outside. It's cold out there every day. Right. And well, thank God it's not February 2nd because it would be Groundhog Day. I didn't want to go down what that is road. This but... Miami Beach. <laughs> one of the absolute classic movies of all time, by the way. Oh, well, phenomenal movie if you've never seen it. But, and well, you know, that's always fun. <laughs> that's a great movie. I can't imagine anyone that listens to this hasn't seen Groundhog Day. Surely not at this point. But Except for I, maybe Jonna, because she hasn't seen like a million movies. But Oh, yeah. Come on, Jonna. Get on the train. Yeah. I'm Rob White, fighting Texas Aggie Class 14. And I am Roy May, fighting Texas Aggie Class 2015. So we are here, and we are very excited. And, you know, it was playoff weekends. We had sports going on. I had shows going on. It was just a nice full weekend, and all in anticipation for what today and tomorrow was going to bring as far as the weather. So just that anticipation building through those last several days. And now we're here. So, well, I mean, in Texas, <clears throat> it's, you know, you have the anticipation of maybe it'll snow because we don't get it very often. But then the flip side of that is everybody's crossing their fingers going, man, I hope ERCOT can hold on. Yeah. Like <clears throat> It's definitely a fun dynamic down here. It is, and um, yeah, uh, one thing for sure that is taking place is no driving for me today. I went out and walked to my mailbox, and just seeing the uh, additional sleet and the ice on the roads, if you don't have to travel, don't do it. Yeah, um, yeah, my wife, uh, Megan, went to work. Um, I mean, she made it there just fine. She's not real far either, and she's also from Chicago, so she's driven in, you know, crappy conditions. Right. She said, like, she had to she had to call the non-emergency police. There was a dude that spun out and had basically busted his back axle. And so if you don't have to drive, certainly don't, because, and if you're north of us, I know it's even worse. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and, and Woodlands and Houston, some bunch of precipitation got south of us, so I know it's mm-hmm. not great there. And we were talking before we came on, like, this is the kind of weather that makes you just want to have a beer, like just day drink. And and it, and it works because there's day football on a Monday. <clears throat> um, In, indeed, there is, isn't there? So so have a beer that will keep you from from driving in this conditions. Mm-hmm. See, it's, it's like day drinking might save your life. <laughs> and if, and if, if you're a little cold out there, hit me up because we got beanies. Oh, <laughs> a little chilly, people. We got to stay warm. And uh. Well, you guys can't buy this from me, but we have to get ready because it is game day. We have to stay strapped. Yeah, football's dead to me, so that's helpful. Freeze <laughs> up my Sundays. Um, hey, guess, you know, guess, leave it to the leave it to the Packers to get uh, Mike McCarthy fired twice. You know, uh, it's just that's that's probably the best game he's coached for the Packers in his entire career. Um, You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it's a good weekend of football, though. I, I you know, I've. I've I, I picked the Texans to win, but I didn't pick the Texans to absolutely demolish the Browns. Um, I thought I thought the Chiefs-Dolphins game would be closer. Sure. I was surprised how lopsided, the, you know, 
all the one of the games has been like the Rams Lions game. Obviously, was was a barmer of the fighting Dan Campbell's. Um, thrilled yeah. thrilled to see that though. You know, with Aaron Glenn there as well. <clears throat> you know, seeing Aggies doing well. Um, so, but getting on the Cowboys game, I, I've I've never seen a defense that bad in the NFL. Um, it, it like which it was just it was laughable. I and I I think I I tweeted out at some point like I I hope the Packers keep scoring because I want Jerry Jones to be embarrassed because I know like. He goes to bed on piles and piles of money. I get that, but but he takes this personally, you know. And 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 I love seeing. Hey, this is the only part of me that's like a self-loathing Cowboys fan. Is I love seeing that because I love knowing that Jerry Jones has got a. I, like I, I've never forgiven him for firing Jimmy Johnson, mm-hmm. um, and and going back far enough, you know, I. I wasn't quite young enough to understand the dynamics, of what was going on, but again, firing Tom Landry, he's just, he's an ego, he's, he's an egomaniac. And he, it's, and it's clear that in all of his decades of experience, he has learned absolute dick about football. And like if, there's, just, if there's any further vindication of this, look what he's done on the college realm. When you take Arkansas, your alumni, and you, you know, you take that school and you throw them against A&M continually in your own building and lose Time and time and time again, and you never learn <laughs> that it doesn't work. He he just—it's fascinating to me that he's been around the sport long enough to not know as much about the sport as I feel like he should. Um, but yeah. this was a whole team and organizational effort last night uh, against the Packers. It was um, the offensive play calling to start off the game was so timid. It was uh, it was. It, I mean, Mike McCarthy shouldn't even have a job right now. No. Um, and. And Dan Quinn, like if I was thinking about hiring him as a, as a head coach, and I get that, you know, you can't judge a guy off one game. Um, you kind of can because he had time to prepare, and it's the most important game of the season. So really, you kind of can because they the Cowboys were as healthy as they've pretty much been all year, mm-hmm. and you had everything in front of you. You've got Jordan Love under center, who although he's been playing better, if you just went roster to roster, the Cowboys are the better team, and somehow Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn found a way to get their doors absolutely blown off, mm-hmm. absolutely blown off. And it, and it's quite frankly, it's disgusting. Like I'm not in, like, I don't, this is something I've talked about, you know, over the last few years, I've worked really hard on sports, not ruining my day or ruining my weekend or putting me in such a foul mood that it ruins the day or weekend of the people around me. And I've done really well. Um, but you know, this podcast is the one place where I can get a little bit emotional about it. And, and it's, it's just it's it's so sickening to see this just continuous cycle of mediocrity in the playoffs. And, and I get that there are franchises that just never get to the playoffs very often. And I understand that. And I understand that Mike McCarthy has won 12 games three years in a row. But I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. These are professionals. So you take the gloves off and you call call it how it is. Mike McCarthy, absolute garbage, garbage play calling mm-hmm. and and the whole, well, we're moving the ball in the second half. I mean, you're up by three scores. You're going to let them move the ball. Nobody gives a crap. And it doesn't matter if they do anyways, yeah. because the Cowboys defense couldn't have stopped A&M Consolidated's offense last night. Yeah. Some of, the, some of the most ridiculous amounts of mental lapses. And, and that's what, and that's where I come back to McCarthy is the amount of penalties we've seen throughout this season and always in critical moments, always oh. in critical moments. And then the amount of blown coverages that we saw in one game last night, one, and you can't stop the run at all. <clears throat> it's, it's, it was just absolutely across the board, the worst performance I've seen from the Cowboys. in I don't know how long. And it was, again, like I said, the most important game of the season. 
Yeah. That's the critical point, isn't it? You know, when it is the most important game of the season, not every game has the same weight. I know a lot of people, you know, it's, you can't judge somebody based off of one game. But the thing is, when you're making the playoffs or if you're like in a critical must win game, those do have a higher level of focus. And, you know, you see it in the wild card round. You see it in, um, you know, more or less you know, the final game of the regular season where it's coming down to that last game, you know, for the Jaguars last week. You had to win, and you were in, and you couldn't yep. do it. Yeah. Hey, well, yeah, boy, if you want to talk about a collapse, the Jags collapse was impressive. It was. <laughs> Not in a good way, but it was it was impressive. Um, it's just – it's fascinating to me. And and, and if I, – I feel like if I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm kind of feeling the same way. Like, you just went and laid an egg. They were, they were never in that game either, honestly. Yeah. They really weren't the Chiefs, and, and and I get that the weather in Kansas City was ridiculous, and 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 I know that's tough. And even Kansas City, I mean, that was cold for KC, right? So, oh, yeah. so they can't sit there and say we're used to it either, because that's just that's mind blowing how cold it was. Yeah, but but it, well, and the Browns might feel the same way too. I mean, they were playing in a dome. They got to, I mean, I know they were on the road, but they got to play in a dome, and they just got manhandled. Well, so. Yeah, and the Browns have been very good. Um, you know, and we've seen how they've been defensively. Yes, you go into a matchup against a team that you've, you know, by the numbers should be better than in the Texans as well, but you don't quite show up in that game. And we learn that maybe CJ Stroud might just be that dude. Oh no, CJ Stroud is a dude. I I think you could have said that way earlier in the season. In fact, For even sure. before his injury, he was playing at an incredibly high level. Um the Texans just don't quite have the roster put together yet. And in last year's draft, they did amazing work. They had a great draft last year. And I think the year before they did too. So yeah. they're building. Um, but it's, you know, the NFL, it's a quarterback league, right? It and, is. and I think they've got their guy and you can, you can build the rest of the roster once you have your guy. You know, I, I think you're seeing the same thing with the Packers. It looks like they got their guy. Mm-hmm. So now they've just got to build out that roster um, because and I get that they blew the doors off the Cowboys, but the Packers are not getting to the Super Bowl this year, right? I, I they're, just... they're, in my opinion, probably not. I mean, I'm really – I mean, NFC, I think it obviously comes down to at this point for me, it's going to be San Francisco or the Lions. I think those are your two best options. If it's Lions, it's on grit. Um, if it's Niners, it's because they're the class of the NFC. Yeah, talent. Uh, <laughs> the, the AFC, I think it's Baltimore just running away with it. They're just – they're so good. They um, are. So it's yeah, it's it's Niners Ravens for me. Um, you know, has been for a couple of weeks to be honest. But but they got their guy. So then your question is, you look at the Cowboys. Right, I'm sorry, I'm turning this into like a Cowboys podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But but don't, don't worry if you don't like the Cowboys, I'm hating on them plenty for you. Um, you, you look at the roster that the Cowboys have, and uh, on both sides of the ball, and it's it's phenomenal talent. It really is. And in in every spot you look, it's phenomenal talent. It's a quarterback league, so why are we not getting over the hump? Is it the quarterback? Is it time to time to trade Dak? Is it time to get time to get rid of him? You know, because that's the question. Is he? I mean, he completely spazzed out last night. He played like absolute doo doo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, look at the receivers you have. You know, you've, you've got a great uh, you know uh, receiver room. Your running backs. I, I, lo- I love Pollard. I I love Dowdle. Um, you know, yeah. he's come on this year. I think he's fantastic. You look at the defensive line. I mean, Micah Parsons is a perennial all pro. Yeah. Um, 
you know, in the secondary, you've got you've got fantastic dudes in the secondary that all played like doo doo. You know, the only only spot really in the roster on either side of the ball that I think is really weak for the Cowboys is linebacker, um, because they kept thinking that Vander Esch could stay healthy and he just can. And even when he's healthy, I, I still don't think he's that good of a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got all the, but you really have everything in place. And I know that linebacker stuff goes back to not stopping the run. Right. You've got everything in place. And so what's, what's not getting you over the hump? Yeah. You know, is it Dak? Is it Mike McCarthy? Is it a little bit of both? Is it a lot of both? Is it both? Is it further above? Well, that's, but the problem is you can't change that, right? No. We know that's not going to change. And I think, and right now, if you look at the coaching market, like if you're going to pull the trigger, you do it this year and not next year because of the coaches that are on or potentially on the market. Um, you've got what's his name from uh, from Seattle? What's his stinking name? Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Thank you. I was yep. like, it's not Pete O'Brien. Yeah, you got mm-hmm. Pete Carroll. Um, you've got uh, you've got possibly Jim Harbaugh. You got Bill yep. Belichick floating around there. And quite frankly, and and this is why people hate the Cowboys so much. But this is the truth. You're the Cowboys. And so, like, you really can go out and maybe get a coach that wasn't thinking about going anywhere. You know, you can get a coach that's doing well and entrenched. So, you know, it's that's just the fact, though. It's like the Yankees, all right? It's like it's you know, it's like Yankees, Real Madrid or Manchester United. Right. Yep. If, if if you want to get somebody, you're a premier like place to coach. The only problem is, Cowboys remind me a lot of Texas in the sense that coaching the Cowboys isn't just coaching football; it's dealing with a lot of outside crap. Mm-hmm. It is. And it. Unfortunately, with the Cowboys, that's an owner, quite frankly. Like mm-hmm. he's just holding the Cowboys back. Um, I mean, like how many, how often do we go into watching games uh, across the board and they take so much screen time to focus on the owner of a team? You don't <laughs> see that with any other team except for the Dallas Cowboys. It's a weird little thing that takes place. I don't understand it. Yeah. All the, all the others, like they'll show the owner when they're winning. They're like, yeah, he's really yeah. Yeah, built a great franchise, and they just clicked to the owner's box once. But at Cowboys games, you see Jerry's face like three or four times. Yeah, all the time. I mean, it's borderline, uh, you know, getting up words of like Taylor Swift levels of focus a lot of the time on the games. And that's, once again, no issue towards Taylor Swift. But it's just, it's so insane to me how often that we have to cut away to that. Like, you know, because people know who the, the guy is. And it's such an incredible problem that it constantly has to keep coming up. Yeah, I, I've that's I've, that's enough. I'm I can't talk about the Cowboys anymore. All right, let's move on. Let's go to today. You got two games. Uh, well, maybe two games, depending on how things change. Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I saw something earlier. Uh, that the Bills fan, like the volunteer. Well, they're not volunteers. They're getting paid, but like all the extra employees they brought in. It looks like they're putting a pretty pretty solid dent in. And I know the Steelers touched down yesterday, or maybe this morning. Yeah, no. They as of this morning, they were still trying to clear seats, and the game starts. Uh, here in about two and a half hours, so they've got some, uh, they got some work to get done on that for sure. Um, it, it, I just, man, I was watching video from what was going on yesterday and the day before, and I totally understand why they would postpone it. I mean, the weather was just absolutely insane up there. Well, yeah, I mean, once you institute a travel ban, I mean, yeah. I mean, they could, I guess, they could play like COVID in front of nobody. But one, the NFL is not going to let that happen. Two, no. Buffalo is not going to let that happen. No. Um, because you basically negate any yeah, outside of the temperature, you negate any home field advantage you have. And it's not like Pittsburgh hasn't played in the cold before. So it's not. No, like, you know. these are two types. I mean, there's a handful of programs that are like 
the type of teams that you're like, yes, these are big time cold weather teams. You look at obviously the Patriots, you look at the Bills, you look at the Bears, you look at the Packers, Steelers, you know, Browns. Those, Browns. Yeah, you know, these Casey. Yeah, yeah, you know, these rust belt teams. That, that's what they're used to. Well, yeah, but but nobody's used to what Buffalo got. It was two to three inches an hour. Yeah. Like that's that, that's that's not only not football weather. That's don't go outside weather. And even for people that live there and are prepared for that. But but I will say like Bill's mafia is insane. You know they're going to show up and show out. Um, and so I, it, it, I'm sure I'm sure they'll get it figured out because quite frankly the NFL won't let them not figure it out. Right. And you know me obviously Steelers fan, but at this stage of the game, I'm. If you ask my humble opinion on the outcome of this game, I'm feeling Bills. I just think they are a more talented, uh, more talented team. It's gonna be at home. I don't know how much the elements are gonna play. The only factor for the Steelers that might be beneficial is the fact that if it is a snow issue, it's a running game, and our running game isn't bad. Yeah, if if things, I don't know what the weather is in Buffalo, but if if it's not. Um... You know, if it's not the the kind of conditions that force you to run, right? Then if it's, I think you automatically pick the Bills, right? Now, so currently holding at like fourteen degrees over the course of the next several hours, it's not going to get above about twenty two. But well, the wind is really going to be the only factor, right? Um, so I mean, as long as it's not too windy to throw, I mean, I I got to take the Bills just because then you're pitting quarterback against quarterback, right? Um, uh, so, the other game, Eagles Buck uh, Bucks. Uh, you know, it's um, obviously I'm as a Cowboys fan and an Aggie. I'm obviously rooting for the Bucks. I'd love Mike Evans to. Yeah. I love Tampa Bay to actually go far in the in the playoffs just to show that they can do it without Tom Brady. Um, well, and we've seen that the Eagles have just been reeling over the last several weeks. I mean, I mean, you, you yeah. look at how their record had been, and they just you know piss away the division, proceed to fall off to the point where now you're having to hit the road uh, yep. at. The you know at the Buccaneers, which obviously you know otherwise totally fine. Be nice, pleasant <laughs> down there in Tampa. But that being said, uh, you've clearly lost the wheels on this particular wagon, and the Bucks yeah, Jaylen, are smelling blood. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is not playing well at all, and it's and it's just killing him. Um, you know, and and he's he's a turnover machine. That's just kind of all there is to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd love to see the Bucks win. I'd love to see Mike Evans, you know, go further. Um. Yeah, and obviously I can't stand the Eagles, and that you know, and you talk about you know they kind of pissed it away, and now they're on the road. That's probably in uh, the other f- most frustrating thing on the planet is, I mean, Cowboys have won sixteen straight at home, mm-hmm. and you played yourself into the two C, which meant you were at home until you had to play San Fran, assuming they made it through. Right, and you you literally just, you just pissed it away. Yeah, you know, against, and, and I get that they won, and that's fine, but against an inferior roster. Yep. So it's whatever. And I'm I'm not one of those. I'm going to hop on the Texans mm-hmm. bandwagon. That sure as hell ain't happening. No. And like I said, for me, the only bandwagon that I'll jump on at this point would be the, honestly, the Lions of all teams. If for no other reason, Dan Campbell, and how cool would it be for the Lions to finally win a championship after all of these years? Uh, well, my wife's a Bears fan, so I have to I have to moderate my rooting for the Lions. Um, but honestly, like if she had to pick, they're probably third in ranking of who she dislikes with the Packers at the top of the list, um, yeah. which made last night even more frustrating for her because she's like an adopted Cowboys fan, you know, and and she hates 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 the 
the Packers. Well, of course she hates the Packers. I mean, that, that's that's the oldest rivalry that still exists in professional football is the Packers and the Bears. I mean, come on. It's a classic. Of course they Yeah, that's that's one of the absolute classics, 100%. Yeah. It's like Steelers-Browns. Yeah, it's a classic rivalry, and we love those. Yeah, Cowboys, Redskins, or Commanders, whatever the hell they are. <clears throat> um, yes. Yeah. The Reskins. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think – I think the Steelers Bills game could be close. It could if the be. weather dictates running. We yeah. know you're wrong. The Bills can run the ball too. They can. They absolutely um, can. And I just I mean, I hope I hope Tampa Bay blows the doors off of Philadelphia, but that basically means Baker Mayfield needs to outplay Jalen Hurts, which currently is a possibility just because if it's not because Baker's elevated his play, it's because Jalen Hurts has dropped the level of his play. And so maybe Baker can, you know. He's uh he's regressed to the mean. It's yeah, like, it's just I mean one close game so far, you know. It's just yeah. it's just weird. It is. I I think Buffalo Pittsburgh could be fairly close today, but we'll, we'll see how it all shakes, of course. But yeah. We'll see how it all shakes out while I'm sitting inside my fireplace pretty much. Exactly. And enjoying the nice weather on the inside of the house. That's where we want to be. Um so uh I did want to touch on a couple things uh for in the college realm, uh, you know, for you know the red ass podcast aspect of this, getting back into A and M for a while, uh, yeah. big news or potentially big news uh, just got reported a little while ago, uh, right before we kicked off the podcast. In fact, uh, regarding our esteemed athletic director Ross Bjork, per Pete Thamel over there at ESPN, sources have indicated that Texas A and M athletic director Ross Bjork has emerged as a target in. Ohio State uh, in the Ohio State athletic director search uh, search is expected to be finalized in the upcoming days. So, well, it sounds like we'll know in the next couple of days, one way or the sure. other. Yeah, um, um, I, I'll be the first to tell you that I don't know the market for ads. I don't know much about those either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean it's weird because whether you're good or bad, you generally don't know their names. Um, like even if an entire because. Very rarely do you have sports fans that know about all the sports, like the entire athletic department of other colleges, right? Right. Like I know what's going on at A and M. Sure. Um, I kind of know what's going on at Texas, just because obviously we keep up with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's about it, honestly. Um, I can tell you, you know, some of the sports, like I know Alabama softball is good. I, I know UCLA softball is good and basketball. So it's. But but I don't ever look at like a, a full blown athletic department, so I think that's why you never know their names. Mm -hmm. um, my thought is, if he goes, he goes. You know, it's it, it's it's hard to like, but I do know that there's people that have very strong opinions about Ross Bjork uh, going both ways. I, I, mean, I like Ross; he's a nice guy. Um, uh, he always has time to talk to people. Um, but, I mean, if you look across the board where we're at right now with all of our sports, or you, you at least you know, kind of look at the the big six or seven, whatever it is, um, you know, I, I think everything well, with football finally trending back in a positive direction. Um, volleyball's trending in a great direction. It is both basketballs. I think for for what the expectation is um, at A and M for basketball, I think they're both um, going in the right direction. 
Um, baseball and soft, you know, baseball is obviously already at the, the right direction. Um, and then you've got, I think softball is doing the same. So really the, the sports that people really think about, and then also, you know, think about our golf and our tennis, you know, they're playing, they're playing at national, nationally competitive levels, you know, at, at, at all, all, all four of those programs, swimming and diving track and field. So athletically, if you, if you can step back and look at the entire picture, equestrian, um, step mm-hmm. back and look at the entire picture, I think at, from an athletic department standpoint, you know, things aren't bad. No. Um, but again, at a university as large as ours, how much of this is his doing and how much isn't. And and I don't think any of us will ever truly know unless, you know, you're actually on the board of regents or directly tied to the board. Um, and so like, if he goes, he goes, I guess. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't as big of like a, a flood whenever things were going on with Scott Woodward because everybody was all up in arms about, oh, well, is he going to run off Jimbo? Is he going to do this? Like, we didn't know what was going on. Uh, frankly, with Ross, I, mean, I feel like he's been – he's done a decent job from what I've seen. Um, obviously, his one big issue that happened was approving of said contract for the extension for Jimbo. Outside of that – there hasn't been a lot of big issues regarding his tenure, yeah. in my opinion. But and so again, like how much of of that was his hands being in it, and how much right. was it like the board of regents pushing it, or certain certain alumni, uh, big time donors? Um, but you know, he brought in Joni Taylor, brought in Trisha Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, he hired. Did he hire Schloss? I think he did. Yeah, he hired Schloss. So he's had some great hires, um, but. Yeah, that's kind of a big albatross to hang around the neck, though, and and that's and that's really the catch is, I I still don't fully understand exactly how much he has his hands on. So right, you know, sometimes I feel like the athletic director is like kind of the scapegoat for decisions yeah. that are that are made that he doesn't have a part in. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's big news just because it seems so out of the blue and random, and I don't think anybody thought we were going to lose an athletic director anytime soon but i don't think it really ends up changing anything relative to where we are right now because we already got our new football coach in right um shouldn't be any other kind of you know turmoil or turnover in, in the near future with any of our coaches barring you know something that's off the court off the field off the diamond kind of thing right um so I mean, it's it. I'm sure it will move the needle for some people because all you have to do is hop on Tex Ags, and I bet you there's a celebratory thread of everybody that hates Ross Bjork for whatever reason they have. I mean, there are probably people out there that want to get rid of Ross Bjork because we still have the bevel, you know. I well, can't. well, that should have been killed years ago. That's that's a neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, but it also has zero effect on performers on the field. None. But you know, there's people out there like we'll get rid of the bevel. We need to get rid of our, our athletic director and all of his marketing people with him. I that's don't think any of the players care. No, they <laughs> do not. They do not care one iota. No. Um, as neat as it would be, but it, it fans they worry about care. some fans worry about some weird things, man. We do, and I mean that's why their fan is short for fanatic. There's a reason for that. Yeah, hold on. So I, I pull out the premium board right quick, and the first two threads are both Ross Bjork threads. Oh, well, of course they are. Of course they are. Why wouldn't they be? And then five threads down, somebody says, asks the question, Saban as athletic director? Let's actually stay in, in the realm of I, man. I, I, I need I need the weather to get better. I need the roads to clear. I need all these people to go to work, man. Get them out of the house, because when, you're, when, when people are day drinking... 
at the house and have access to the premium board, what are they going to do? They're going to oh, sit there and spew nothing. I won't even go on the zoo. Nope. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to lay off the zoo for a little bit. I think that's a safe bet. Now, basketball, though, speaking of basketball, good on the men for taking care of Kentucky the other day and good on the women for taking care of Tennessee. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was yes. tracking that score yesterday because I was uh, I was having to work yesterday. But um, uh, what a, I just can't put it. I can't put my finger on this men's basketball team. You know, an embarrassing loss to LSU, a really hard fought game at Auburn, which I mean, you can't be embarrassed about Auburn's ranked. They come home, you got the number six team in the country coming in and, and honestly you beat them twice. You beat them in regulation too. Mm -hmm. um, Were it not for the officials. Um, Yeah. They just, I mean, they matched every level of intensity. They, they matched everything with Kentucky. um, Mm -hmm. Who's, you know, that, that's a one and done program. You know, that's how good the kids that go to Kentucky are. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, heroic efforts from, from Wade Taylor and, and boots. Um, yeah. but really from everybody. Solo was Greg Garcia. Um, more, uh, not marble, uh, Henry Coleman. Um, I thought Levesque actually probably played his best game of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, it seems like he's having a hard time kind of figuring out how he can contribute or, or, um, but I thought he played well. So it was just a full team effort. Um, yeah. I wasn't at Reed. Uh, I was down in spring um, and then on my way back from spring. But, uh, but I mean, Reed sounded loud, but it also sounded like there were a whole lot of Kentucky fans, which is, which is standard. Kentucky fans yeah. travel pretty well for basketball. They've always traveled well here. They've yeah. always traveled well here. Um, and it's, you know, the weekend before school starts. So you have students, but you don't necessarily have them all back. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a great game. Um, Tennessee, I kept my eye on while I, was, while I was at work, and that just seemed like kind of a wire-to-wire thing for, for the ladies. They it was. It didn't seem like they were ever un- uncomfortable. Um, and they just they just literally just went out and took care of business. And it's it's they've equaled their, their conference win total from last year already. They have, which is impressive. Yeah, so they're they're playing so well. Um so I, I I'm really really looking forward to the trajectory of the program because I'm not I'm not going to put the onus on Joni Taylor to to you know to get to the Elite Eight or Sweet Sixteen this year. That's I think you're overreaching, but right. But I but I I think it's we have very tangible proof of her progress. You know, mm-hmm. and so I, I'm excited to see that moving forward. Uh, I I will say this is rather interesting. Just a quick little uh, sidebar here. I'm looking at the numbers from our Tennessee game. Um, just fun little useless stat. We scored 18 points in every quarter except for the fourth where we scored 17. <laughs> so, I mean, we were consistent. I love it. Hey, consistency is key, right? So, that was good to see. I'm glad they're, to see. They're, the they're playing team. such good ball. And, and I think – and we talked about this too. You know, I, I think Billy Kennedy did it. Buzz Williams did it. Um, uh, I mean, Gary Blair might have done it way back in the day when he was first taken over, but mm-hmm. you know, setting up a non-conference slate that allows you to rack up victories. Sometimes even when they're not, you know, the kind of victories that are going to help towards your resume, right. you're learning how to win. Right. You know, and last year was, it was just tough on the program. They had so many injuries. And so they're playing with a, with a wildly reduced bench. Um, your stars were out. Um, and, and it just, and and even though that they knew all of that, you know, it's still a beating to lose a lot. It just is. It is. You know, it's, it's, it gets it gets you down mentally, and I and I understand that. Um, but so the the non conference slate and and everything that she was able to put together 
um, you know, you just teach, you're teaching these, these girls how to win. And so that's when, you know, you get into these conference games and you play opponents that last year would have blown your doors off. Yeah. Um, and you go out and you don't only win. You just, I mean, it's just like a regular day at work the way they played yesterday. Oh yeah. They looked great. And now you've got the opportunity uh, next Sunday, 21st with South Carolina coming into town. Number one undefeated. That, that, that needs to be a pack read. And and I get that. I understand like the tennis for women's games isn't as great, but quite frankly, you know, what Aggies always say is if they'll win, I'll show up. Well, then you need to apply that to the women as well. Well, especially when yeah, this is number one coming into town. If you want to show some serious true support for your program, for your brand new coach and really feel them like with the thought process of, yes, I'm in the right place. These people will get behind us. They will support us. You need to show up to this game if you are around for it. Yeah, hundred percent. And and South Carolina is not like Kentucky. You know, they're not going to have a massive contingency or contingent, um, you know, coming to the game. So especially being that far away, too. Yeah, unfortunately, I got to work. Otherwise, I'd be a Reed. It's yeah. man, you the, y'all need to pack Reed next mm-hmm. week, next weekend uh, for for the women. They're they're playing well, and and they sure could use your support. I'm certainly looking forward to reporting on this game next week, assuming we can pull that one out. That'd be or, awesome. yeah, or even just keep it close. Cause I think, you know, playing what has been basically the perennial number one team in the women's sport for a few years now. Several. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, I mean, that program is loaded. They are. I mean, absolutely loaded. So, you know, it, and with women's basketball, not being a more of a one and done kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you've got depth, you've got, I mean, she's got everything there in South Carolina. So, I mean, even if you could, and you don't want to take a moral victory, but man, if you could even keep it close against South Carolina, I think that would speak worlds about where Joni has this program. Yeah. And, and definitely a confidence boost too. Like, Hey, we can hang with these guys. We can play with these guys. We can play with anybody. Go out there and rock. Like and on the flip side, I mean, if they get their doors blown off, you know, yeah, some of that mental grit and tenacity, being able to bounce back for the next game. Yeah. You know, that is the number one team in the nation now for years running. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, that, that's, that's a pack read kind of thing, man. I, I, I really hope everybody's able to get out there. Um, but you got some news <clears throat> about your band, right? Yeah, we got some fun things coming up. So uh, first and foremost, had a good weekend. Uh, we had a private gig up in Fort Worth. Um, we'll report found some very interesting things in this house. So it, West side of Fort Worth mansion, yeah, $2.1 million or something ridiculous, like big house. Um, and they were having a, an event there. Um, and what looked to be, I don't know if it was real. I, we we've speculated a few people, at the party said it was real. I don't know if it gets rented out. Johnny Manziel's Heisman trophy is in this house. What's that? Johnny Manziel's Heisman Trophy is in this house. I'm wondering if Johnny is, like, renting it out. Did he sell it? You would think that he wouldn't, but you don't know. I don't know. But we found a Heisman Trophy with Johnny Manziel's name on it, life-size, in this house. It very well could be uh, a replica, but we saw this. And we started asking around, and people said, "Eh, that's real. We were like... Why doesn't Johnny have it? <laughs> well, I mean, when you're in that kind of house, and you have that kind of money. It's possible that they're just super ags and got a replica made. It, that's where I'm at mentally. That's what I think. I mean, yeah. is it looks right, but yeah, 
It is what it is. So we played that private That's gig. so random. It was random. So but we played this we played this private gig. We turn around and go uh out to Odessa and play out there for the Honey, I'm from Odessa. It's in Odessa. Yeah. <laughs> so we went out there, played at the Sand Hills Rodeo with uh John Wolf. That was a good time. Uh came back to House of Blues in Houston. And nice. that was that was my first time playing House of Blues and that was a cool How'd you like it. It was it was neat. It was really cool. Uh, and yeah, was, I like House of Blues. It's a cool venue. It is. Um, and parents came out, sat up in the upper balcony. Everybody, you know, spirits were high because obviously the Texans won, so everybody was happy. Wow. Uh, yeah. But it was just it was a good day. It was just a great day all around. Um, had a lot of fun with the guys. Um, you know, played a couple great shows. Um, yeah. Uh, but I'm excited for uh, next week, and uh, so we're going out to San Antonio to play for uh the San Antonio Rodeo cookoff, I believe. Um uh, so we're gonna be the entertainment for that event ahead of the rodeo. And then that Sunday we're coming back and we're filming for a music video. And that's going to be uh for our song Marlboro's at midnight, which will be coming out in February. And that's gonna be outdoor, real western, real country. Like we're getting dressed to the nines. <laughs> We're gonna, we're gonna look very much the part. Um, in fact, uh, they're not open today because I double checked because thanks to the snow. Uh, but at some point, I'm running over to Catalina Hatters this week because I've discovered something uh, in regards to cowboy hats. So one of the original styles of creases on these cowboy hats is what they call, um, in commonly they call it a Gus crease, and that's because of D- Lonesome Dove. You know, Gus hats nice. look like that. So People associate that hat crease and they call it a Gus crease. The original name for this crease is called a Carlsbad crease. And me being from Carlsbad, New Mexico, part of me was like, I think for historical precedent, I should get one. So they have those hats over at Catalina. I'm getting one of those for my outfit. Um, And then on top of that, we're looking at potentially doing like a short film that's going to be kind of Western, like true Western down to like dusters and the whole deal. You so, know, I've I've seen Tombstone approximately three hundred forty-seven thousand times. It's a great movie, um, and I have always wondered if I could pull off the Wyatt Earp, like the flat bill, like big flat bill, full length duster. I used to have a full length duster. I loved that thing, like with oh, a cape and everything. Like every once in a while, like I, I kind of get a wild hair. I'm like, you know what, man? I should go to like Cavender's or Catalina. Like I, I need I need to just do this outfit once, one time, just just for good measure. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably cost me like $1,000 for the outfit, but, yeah. Um, yeah, speaking of cowboy hats, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, if you follow me on social media at all, you know, last year I picked up a couple new ones. Oh. Um, when I was there, they have a, they have a cowboy, they have a felt, and yeah. it is like army green. Ooh. I know. I like, it's so weird and random, yeah. and I can't imagine any scenario where, where I'd wear it. But, like, I can also imagine literally just wearing it all the time to every scenario and being like, this hat works for everything. But that's your hat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's that might unfortunately be on my list of unnecessary purchases this year. Hey, fair. I mean, that's, I mean, this one, Carson even said the hats that I already had previous would be fine, but I'm like, I need this for this. If I no, want yeah. to work, I oh. need this for this. I mean, if, if it's, dude, you're recording something, like, yes. do it, do it right, right? Do it right or don't do it at all. 
That's that's correct. That's very, very correct. And so that was one thing I was really excited about was getting set up for that video. Um, granted, that's coming next week for Marlboro's at Midnight and then for that short film later. Uh, so very excited to get those going. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, it's just our... That's so neat, though, getting to film a video. Yeah, we're excited for that. And then this Friday, January 19th, if you haven't already pre-saved it, get ready. Miss Lonely's coming out, our brand new single to kick off the year. Um, been getting some great response from people just on the videos that we've posted out um, from the live shows. We've played at every show this past weekend. People are enjoying the song, so uh, you guys, please go check that out. Um, be sure to look up uh, Carson Jeffrey on anything it'll pop up oh, we'll post it out or share it out on this too though and we'll share it out on here as well yeah, so feel free um one other thing that i was doing this past week that you'll be proud of me Kat, speaking of army green i <laughs> i jumped in and uh had a hankering and i decided to watch band of brothers again mm. gets me yeah. every time. gets me every single time it's it's just so great it i mean it, it will go down as literally one of the greatest series ever it's way up there for me yeah. and and i hadn't seen it in a few years and i i don't know how i stumbled into it i went down some youtube rabbit hole and <laughs> something something popped up where we were watching it was going back and forth between like pacific theater and european theater and you know watching stuff with midway and then all of a sudden it shifted and i heard easy company and my brain was like <sighs> i'll tell you what the pacific's it, another good one too and and i the, here's the thing i just finished up the Pacific. They're both on Netflix right now. Really? Yes. Nice. So if you are having a hankering and you want to watch either one of those, right. anybody you listening, binge, or you're in a binging mood, well, this weather's great for binging. This weather's binging phenomenal TV. for binging. Go watch Band of Brothers. In fact, I asked uh, a few people out on Twitter. Somebody threw out they just watched, um, went back and binged um, Ted Lasso again, which you know. Oh, yeah, I, I think I've, I think I've watched all the seasons of that like probably five or six times already. It, I mean, it's a great series, and um, I mean, the fact that they they had you know just the three seasons, call it good. We don't need anything past that. It fits in a nice box. It's well, well, I tell you what's weird is, like, I, we don't binge shows a ton. Um, yeah. Like we were <clears throat> we record shows and watch them, but um, we tried to binge Ted Lasso as best we could. But like, I don't have the greatest of patience when a show is ongoing and I'm trying to binge it. You know, right. Um, no, oddly enough, the only thing I've been binging lately is Bob's Burgers, and that's just because it's on, not even recorded, just because it's on TV all the time on, like, two different stations. Right. And I, one of my one of my favorite cartoon show, like, animated shows ever. It's so freaking hilarious. Oh, Bob's and, Burgers is great. Um, yeah, I was the, Him having the same voice as Archer, it's being like, the, you know, he's the same guy. It's just, yeah. it, it cracks me up. <laughs> exactly. And, and if you've seen Archer, another phenomenal TV show. You know, there's so many of them. So many great and yeah, and, Archer's Archer's animated. a little more a little more adult. Yeah, I love these animated ones. They're so good. Yeah, you know, obviously Archer's up there is so good. Bob's Burgers is great. King of the Hill is great. Futurama is great. King we, of the Hill, yeah. Futurama's underrated. I love Futurama. I I will watch Futurama over Simpsons just about every day of the week. I just really enjoyed that show back in the day. It was fun. Yeah, it was pretty good. So, yeah. Uh, well, but, and uh. uh yeah, you know, I, I, I've kind of lost interest in The Simpsons. It's weird because I remember growing up, like, that was, it wasn't mandatory viewing, but we always watched The Simpsons growing up. Oh, sure. 
like Sunday evening, you know, the Simpsons came on, we watched it. Well, and if you're a weirdo like me, you like Rick and Morty. You know what? Rick and Morty is honestly a, a, one of the better animated TV shows of our era, it, I would say. It, it took me a while to get into it because I remember like watching the first first and second show. I was like, this is really, really funky. It is. Um, but I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And, and South Park's timeless. Yeah. And South Park, the beauty of South Park being timeless is because, yes, the later episodes become a little less you know, returnable, right? Because all of a sudden you're getting to a point where it's just topical for what's going on during the day. I get it. That's how writing goes. You still, you see the same thing with every series. It's just the way it is. But you go back to old school South Park, like the first time that episode when they were allowed to say shit for the first time and they just ran it into the ground because they were like, we can, so let's do it. Well, I think, I, I think the thing that I enjoy most about South Park is nobody's off limits and nothing no. is off limits exactly so I, I i appreciate that in in a world where everything is off limits south park most decidedly just sticks both middle fingers in the air and says we're going to do this anyways because we can no what's crazy is my dad all right my dad's yeah. class 66 he's turning 80 this year yeah. he thinks south park is hilarious right and like that he's not the dude to think south park is hilarious no like, like my dad won't do it my dad's yeah. like, ah, this is stupid. I don't like that. It's like, well, me fair. You know what's funny is like he won't watch it around my mom because my mom would not find it I'm funny sure whatsoever. Yes. My four little foul mouth shitheads. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it was a it's a bit it was a good week. It was good to get back on the road. I was very happy for that. Um well, almost that single dropping on Friday. Yeah. I'm very excited for the single to drop on Friday. And like I said, you will see that on our socials. Uh, but I'll post it out on the Red Ass Podcast Instagram as well yeah. as our Twitter and everywhere else. And you've you've heard. You know where those are. If you don't know, ask us. We'll be happy to share them. But mm. be sure to follow uh be sure to follow Boy May 15 on Twitter. Be sure to follow Rob the Slapper on Twitter. And at Triple R on YouTube for my Red Real Estate and Ramblings yes. channel. At Triple R on YouTube, go check those out, please. And, and I'm on Insta, and I'm really trying my my. I think I, I don't remember I said this last podcast. I've got a goal of posting every day on Instagram this year. Like once I, even if it's just a post, it's not like content. I'm I'm right. trying to work. I've I've got a I've got an idea for some content that I don't know how well it will go over. Okay, but <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Uh, okay, um, it's gonna. I've, I've got kind of an idea for some content to poke fun at, at my own profession. I think, I think it's, it, it's okay to be lighthearted and normal about that kind of stuff. Well, especially when you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, look, I'm not going to make fun of anything. Yeah. Like I'm going to make fun of my, my profession. That's okay. It's yeah. like, you know, we made fun of the army and being in the army when we were in the army. Cause we knew, we knew best about how to make fun of it. Right. Well, it's the same thing. You know, same thing with like Marines being stupid, uh, right? You know, it's like, you know, Marines will make those jokes. Aggies yes. make Aggie jokes. Blondes make blonde jokes. We get it. Yeah. So I might oh, have a little bit of fun with that this year. I'm kind of working on something. It might be a, like a weekly feature or maybe even a, a couple couple times a week. I don't know. We'll mm -hmm. figure it out, though. Well, but my, my hope for you is that you all stay warm and safe in this weather, no matter where you are. Again, you know, please be careful if you got to drive somewhere. Check all the conditions. Check the weather. Make sure your pets are inside. I didn't even bother covering my my bushes out front. I lost half of them last year, so I decided the other half, if they die, that I can pull it all up and, I don't know, I'll just pave it and put in a little pickleball court or something in my front yard and just be done with it. 
If he dies, he dies. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, I'm just I'm letting it go, man. We've good luck, guy. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, just please be safe. Pets inside. Be yeah. safe moving. Um, moving moving around outside. Uh, you know, and hopefully you're taking all the precautions that you needed to for your pipes and all that stuff. Absolutely. Get a beanie if you need a beanie. For the love of God, order them online. Check out the links. We've got them. It's all great and good. I am Rob White. This is Roy May. We are the Red Ass Podcast. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Stay warm. Stay dry.